0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au.
1: I want to help every single one of us really regarding our purpose in life. You've heard us talk about that a lot. Uh, But there is a reason that you're on the planet. I fundamentally believe that there is no human being born that doesn't have God-given purpose. Uh, That means, therefore, that there's a contribution that only you can make. It means that your presence everywhere matters. It means that your influence has got power. You don't have to be a social media influencer with a million followers or be a celebrity or be recognised in the shops or something like that to be a person of great influence. I'm always amazed how I hear back from people saying, you did this and I can't even remember that I did it. I have no memory that I... And sometimes it wasn't even that deeply thought out. It was just a moment. But I believe every single one of us, you don't need the title of pastor or leader or any other such thing. If you are a Christian, then you have already begun the journey of lifelong purpose in your life. Now, some of the fruit of that, you will hear back on this side of heaven. In other words, you'll hear people come back and say, well, you did this for me and that was fantastic, maybe you'll get a thank you card or something or other like that. But I believe much of that we won't know about until we get to stand before God. And all of a sudden there'll be people there and we'll go, wow, I kind of remember you, what's your name? And then we'll have all these reunions in heaven where we'll begin to discover all the little things. I meet Christians all the time who feel like I, I don't really matter that much. And one of my lifelong passions is to make sure that everybody, no matter who you are, see, I may not know your name and maybe I don't know what you do and maybe I don't see the things that you are contributing, but I want you to know that God does and He can use some of the simplest things that maybe other people wouldn't even be aware of, but He uses them in an incredibly powerful way. And so I want you to have the confidence of that, that every day, and that's not on your good days when you're up only. It's not on the days when you're feeling powerful or confident or like God is with you, but even on the lower days, the days when maybe you feel like, God, do you even know my address? I want you to know that you are making a difference in this life. And I want to speak to you about that today. So let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. Just a few verses from Mark 4, verse 35. It says this As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Now remember this, Jesus says, Let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat. That's always a good idea. They took Jesus in the boat and started out. I want you to remember that. They started out leaving the crowds behind. People that are cemented to the crowd. In other words, they don't do anything, say anything, think anything, unless they first of all test the water and discover how popular it is, are probably never going to really fulfil their God-given destiny because it's not the crowd that you need. It's Jesus in the boat with you on your journey in life is what you need. Verse 37 says, but Everyone say, but Uh, I don't like the buts in life. You know, I'm going on great and I'm believing God. But, you know, I gave in the offering. But, you know, I shared my faith with someone. But I prayed that prayer. but, But a fierce storm soon came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Now, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with His head on a cushion. Only Jesus has the capacity to sleep in the middle of that. Amen? I mean, think about it a minute. The waves are crashing. The wind is howling. The disciples are all, their teeth are chattering. And there's Jesus having a little, I'd say nana nap, except he wasn't a nana, but he was having a little nap in the back of the boat. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Jesus, teacher, Don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, when he stood up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the water, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And then he said to the disciples, watch this, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? Now, if this was just Jesus, the passenger, and they just met Him, I'd get this statement. But they have been following Him now for quite some time. They've been following this man who so captured their heart that they literally have left their jobs. It says about Peter and, and James and John that they left their nets and followed Him. This was not the first day. This was not the introduction moment. they have been walking with Him and they have seen the crowds and they've seen the miracles. But now all of a sudden, they realise He's more than a preacher. He's more than a guru or some avatar. He's more than simply a great philosopher. He's more than somebody who's rallying the crowds. All of a sudden, they become aware of, of somebody that's in their midst And they are in awe because they are encountering God. And I pray today that that's what will happen for you. I don't pray ever that you will love this church, join this church, think good of this church. But I pray, and we all do, every single week we are believing God, that people will find Christ that you will meet Jesus, that Jesus will become your Lord, that Jesus will be your Saviour, that Jesus will become your Companion, that Jesus will be in your boat because we know that no matter what comes your way, if Jesus is in your boat, everything will be different. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. These people that are So accepting and so aware of storms. I've been to the Sea of Galilee. It's actually not that big. You can drive around the entire thing in probably an hour and a half. It's not that huge. And so I know that the people that were on the shore could see the storm coming. And I've got no doubt some of the crowd would have been heckling them, going, stupid people, serves them right. They should have stayed where they are. But these people are out in a boat with Jesus and it's almost always true that it's in the storm where lies and truth begin to become evident. It's almost always it's in a storm. When pressures come, you'll discover what you really believe. It's almost always that when a storm arises, because you see, faith according to Jesus is not a small hidden or private thing that only God sees but rather faith operates in every realm of life. The things that were extraordinary to us is normal for Jesus. So when He gets in a storm, He doesn't panic about it. He simply stands and speaks and tells it to be still. What's difficult or impossible for us lies within His power. What's difficult or impossible for us lies within the power of Christ. Now, beginning anything is exciting. I said, mark that phrase there. They got Jesus in the boat and they started out. But, you know, like I know, starting anything is exciting, isn't it? Remember your wedding day, how exciting that was? Remember the first day at uni or maybe that new job you took on? Or or maybe your first home. You take on your first home and you're so excited about it. It's everything you've dreamed of. It's only later after a few years that you begin to discover all the things you probably should have built. The things you could have done differently. But starting anything's exciting. That new business venture. And the disciples begin well following Christ. They have already seen Him do miracles. They've already heard the crowd's applause. They've already been there. Listen to me. These people are a part of the thing that is trending so far, whatever's coming second, that it's ridiculous. Everybody in the whole area is talking about Jesus Christ. He has become the most popular person everywhere, apart from for a few Pharisees. Even the Roman leaders, they are puzzled by Him. They want to talk to Him, but their pride won't let them step down from the throne to engage Him. Think about that for a minute. Both Herod and Pilate at any point could have invited Jesus to dinner. But you know, their prayer, their pride kept him at a distance from their life. Oh, I pray you'll never let pride keep Jesus further away from your life. I pray that you will humble yourself if you need to and say, God, I need you in my life. So many people, we are, we're living in the self-made person world. And I look around at that and go, well, how's that working out? Because last I checked, so many people that declare themselves to be self-made. Later on, we discover they are faulty made. The feet of clay of that celebrity. The things we later on discover that they were involved with or were doing. And we go, what on earth was that about? Jesus is certainly the most popular person. The miracles and the excitement. But when a storm comes, all of a sudden doubt and fear begin to whisper to them. Now I'm probably the only person in the building or online today that has ever been through a storm. I'm probably the only one of you that would dare to admit and go, oh, Lord, have mercy. I have heard not the whispers of doubt. I've heard the yelling of doubt. Amen. I've heard the yells, the things that it says to you. I've heard the lies that come, but they don't feel like lies. Have you ever noticed that lies don't feel like lies? Boy, if anybody ought to know that, it's the people of the 21st century where just half the stuff, well, row out of there, brother. Don't go down that road. But I'm telling you, we have lost the ability half the time to discern between what's true and what's a lie. Just thought i chucked it out. So I'm going to speak to you this morning about seven lies of the enemy that he whispers to us. And they're all in this story. Are you ready? You might want to jot some of them down because I tell you, when I preach this, I don't preach it going, they need this. Yep, they do. Mmm, thank you, Lord, for giving it to them. <laughs> Suck it to them, Jesus. They need it. I read this and I go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I need that. And the, the beauty of this is, see, usually it's a week or two before I share it with you that I've been digesting it night and day. And I'm reading it going, oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you for giving that to me. So, you know, I'm, I'm just preaching to me. Is that right? Seven lies, number one. I should have stayed where I was. I should have stayed where I was. On the shore was safety and comfort. On the shore was the familiar. The crowd was back there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where's your Jesus now? Mm-hmm. Ha-ha, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, ha-ha. Where's all your excitement now? Mm-hmm. You lifted your hands and ran around and jumped up and down. Well, what about it now? I should have stayed where I was. The truth is that stepping out and following Jesus will always take courage and faith for the times when storms come. Amen? Come on. I should have stayed where I was. You go to uni and you sign up for it. And you know, the first year, they're all just telling you what it's going to be like and they bring in those people who tell you what your degree is going to do for you and how good a job you're going to get and how much they're going to pay you. Amen. And you get, and then you get that. But what they don't tell you is about the assignments. And they don't tell you about all the the really incredibly boring books you have to read. Sometimes. I'm sure some of them are interesting. But some of the ones I've read, I'm just going, God, who wrote that? What was their problem? How, how could you be that bored? I should have stayed where I was. It's easy. You know, I started, started see, I'm, I'm my own worst example. I started civil engineering. <laughs> right now, you should all be saying, oh, God, thank you that he never made it. Because <laughs> I would not want to drive over a bridge that he built. Amen. If he can't even remember when this guy's going to Geraldton. You definitely don't want me building you a bridge that you're going to drive a car over. Amen. But I started engineering. I remember they told us that at the end of the year, I think it was 60% of you won't be here. Yeah, right, mate. Mate, do you know what, what score I got at school? But I discovered pretty quick that my score at school didn't matter much. I had to study. I'd never had to do that before. I just winged it. told you, you don't want me to be an engineer. Starting well is one thing. But one of the lies that the devil will tell you in the storm is you should have stayed where you were. Why on earth did you make that commitment? Why did you tell God you'd do that? Are you sure? I remember when I first started tithing, the week after that, I had a car accident that took out every cent i had had in the bank, a whole lot. And I remember at that point going, see, I just told God what I was going to do. But I said that to God when I had a buffer. You know what I mean? I had some of the bag there. I'm going, "Woo!" it was the richest I'd ever been in my life. I had $800. That's a long time ago when $800 could just about buy you a house. And there's me with this thing. And then I have this car accident and the whole entire $800 gets taken out of the bank. And then next week comes and I go, what will I do now? A storm came. I should have stayed where I was. Here's number two. The second lie that the enemy will tell you in the middle of a storm is the storms are too big for you. The storms are too big for you. I don't know how many of us today would be facing a storm right now in our life. that The enemy keeps saying this one's going to do you in. You won't make it through this one. You know, this is going to be your end. You may as well give up now. Why don't you just lay down in the boat and let it get swamped? See, the disciples in this, I thank God that they, even if they woke Jesus out of fear, I'm still grateful they woke him. Because they could have sat there just going, you know what? We'll all be ruined. We're all going to die. And just suck their thumb in the bottom of the boat. Curled up in the fetal position. They could have just done that. But even if it's, listen to me today, even if it's out of anxiety that you pray, even if it's out of worry or out of concern that you go before God, thank God at least you're going to God. Amen. It's, there's two buts in here. One's in verse 38. It says uh, in the New King James, but they, Jesus was in the boat asleep. And then the other one's in verse 40 where he stands up and says, but why don't you have faith? And these two buts, I think, are the bookends, if you like, of the problem. When I face a storm and the storm seems too big, I've got to go, but Jesus is in my boat. Amen. But Jesus is in my boat. And then I've got to hear the other one, the other bookend says, but why don't you have faith? Amen. Because I realise that you having faith is awesome. I realise that God knowing what He can do is awesome. But I also recognise I need to be the person, amen, that's going to believe God. Sometimes I've wished somebody else would carry my load. But Jesus said this, take up your cross. He never said take up his or take up somebody else's. You've got to take up yours, amen. And so I want you today in your life to say, you know what, God, the storm's not too big for me. If I'm in the storm and you're in the storm with me, then somehow or other I'm going to get out the other side. Amen. Somehow or other, I'm coming out the other side of this thing. I don't care what the bank manager said, what the economy said, what the newspaper said, what the doctor said, what what your mother said. Amen. Or or what your neighbour is saying to you, or what your hairdresser told you last week. Amen. I'm just saying, God, I'm believing the storms are not too big for my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I I often do this. I'll remember back to some of the big storms that looked like they were going to take me out. And I go, but I'm still here. Amen. So apparently the storm lied. It told me I wasn't going to make it. Here's the lie number three. Third lie is that God doesn't care. God doesn't care. Verse 38, Master, they said, don't you care? The question is never, can God? The question is always, does God care? Not, can He? In the garden when The serpent goes to Eve and says, why don't you take of the fruit? And she rightly replies and says, no, we've been commanded not to eat of it. And the serpent doesn't give any great lesson or, or thing about the facts of the fruit. He says this, you know why God said no? Because He knows that if you eat it, you'll be like Him. In other words, you can't trust God's motives. You can't trust Him. He doesn't really care about you. He's just using you. Don't you care? And that lie comes to the disciples. Their question is not, you know, why is this storm happen? It's, God, do you care for me in the middle of it? Do you really know who I am? Do you really know my address? God, have you forgotten who I am. Have you forgotten that you called me? Have you forgotten, Lord, that I received Jesus? Lord, have you forgotten all that? And the answer will always come back from heaven. Yes, not I can, but yes, I can. Amen. Here's the fourth lie. The fourth lie is that your life is random. Your life is random. Stuff just happens, you know. People say that, oh, well, stuff happens, you know. Storm just happened. I know that some people over spiritualize. they can make a flat tire into a demonic attack. That's a demon of flat tiredness. Amen. And I rebuke it. But can I say to you that I think, while some of those things are silly, I sometimes too there's a the danger that we don't spiritualize enough. Because there is an enemy, the Bible says so, and that enemy wants to point out your weaknesses and your faults wants to keep, like, hello, like, hello. Listen, if you've never experienced condemnation, would you come and see me later? I'll give you some of mine. (laughs) You can carry some of mine. you got nothing to carry. Amen. Because I know that the enemy wants to keep telling you, your life's just random. It's just happening. I know that there are some things that the enemy brings against your life. You know, some things are not just life-happening. They're an enemy that wants to stop you. Wants to prevent you being everything that God's called you to be. Wants to tell you, go sit in the corner. Just, you know, hope that when you die, you go to heaven. Now, I thank God for heaven. I thank God there's a heavenly place. One of the greatest promises, most frequently repeated promises of the Bible. There is this great home awaiting all of us that love Christ. But can I tell you, I don't want to just go, well, heaven's coming and in the meantime, everything else is random. Amen. I read a lot of science books because it all interests me. And I'm always amazed at the complexity of the human body and how it's all made. and, And I go, and that all came out of the primeval sludge. Somehow or other, it just happened. I listened to a podcast the other day about a, uh, an astronomer, a world-renowned astronomer looking for signs of extraterrestrial intelligence. And I go, wow, fancy spending your whole life looking for something you don't even know is there. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, criticise him for that. I go, well, I hope you find something. But I know that the the things that it took for this world to even exist, forget about you, even the stuff, for this world to exist, if those balances were out by the minutest amount, the earth couldn't exist. If it tilts on its axis one more degree, one way or the other. If the orbit changes, we're just in the prime place. This is not meant to be a science lesson. But I want you to understand your life's not random and neither is this world. Amen. And it's very easy to get discouraged about all the stuff that's going on around the earth. But my Bible says that Jesus is coming back. Amen. And He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing. He's coming back for a glorious church for a bride that He's going to be proud to present to the Father and say, Father, meet your new daughter-in-law. Meet the bride and the heavenly Jerusalem. And that's us. And he's saying, I want you to understand what you're a part of is far bigger than just this earth and just this life and just your job and just your house and just your social work, uh, your networks. It's far more than that. You and I are part of one of the greatest plans, Ephesians 3 verse 10, to the intent that now one the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Here's number five, quickly. You're on your own. That's the fifth lie when you're in a storm. You're on your own, mate. Truth is, you're never alone. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Here's lie number six. Jesus can, but you can't. Huh? Christians love that one. Well, that's Jesus, you know, Jeff. Jesus can do anything. I'm just a little old grub. Oh, I'm a nothing. People tell me all the time, oh, I'm a nothing. Well, they don't tell me from this church. I used to say, what church do you go to? <laughs> Jesus can, but you can't. Verse 40, I love this. Jesus doesn't get up and say, watch this. Did you see what I just did? Wow. See that storm? Watch it. I'll do it again. Go find me another storm. He says to them, where is your faith? Did you realise, listen to me, did you realise this morning that your faith is powerful, that your faith is a part of the answer? Your believing, what you believe in your heart can make a difference. Here's the last one, number seven. Seventh lie that you'll get in a storm is this one. You are insufficient for the mission. You're just not enough. Let me take you back to the very first verse in verse 35 where Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. See, his mission, his calling is your guarantee of his companionship in every circumstance. That means I'm never alone. That means faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. That means that if he called me, he's going to equip me. If He called me, I'm going to make it out the other side. If He called me, then all the storms of life that may come will be insufficient to prevent the will of God taking place in my life. Let us go to the other side. Metro Church, I want you to hear the Holy Spirit say to all of us, let us go to the other side. Amen. Let's make sure in our hearts we are gearing up in our life for the other side ministry. Amen that we aren't stuck looking at storms and hearing the wind and the waves and everything else and saying, you know what, that's all there is. Let's make sure that in our life we are saying, God, we're going to the other side. You know, it was on the other side that they met the Gadarene demoniac. Probably one of the greatest miracles Jesus did because he was so well known. The whole community was afraid of this one man. And then Jesus turns up, why? Because he said, I'm on a mission Storms are an interruption. They're not a termination. Amen? Amen. You know, if you've never started a life with Christ, you really are missing out on the greatest the greatest part of life. I've asked Michael, Partha, to come and just speak to you for a minute about giving your life to Jesus, about letting Jesus come into your life. Just listen to him for a minute. Thanks, Michael.
0: Hey, there you are. Awesome. <laughs> I think this is one of the most important, and I love this part of the service, where we, one, get to talk about Jesus, and Pastor Jeff has just spoken about, you know, all the storms that, you know, they come across in life, and some of the lies that the enemy says, and um, and the things that, you know, we tend to believe when we're going through that storm. But Pastor Jeff said this, he said, you know, through the storm, Jesus will be with you. You know, in that boat where, you know, Peter and all the disciples were we're so destroyed and like going, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Uh, but they remembered, you know, there's a God in this boat. There's someone that we can rely on. And maybe today you don't know who that is. Maybe you're going, Michael, I don't know who. I don't know a God like that. But I'd love to receive him. And so in Matthew 11, it says, Matthew 11:28 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, being a Christian is not about being perfect, or just Jesus is not f- just for the perfect people, or anything like that. There is no perfect person except through Jesus Christ. And so, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes this evening, this morning? If you said to me, Michael, I don't, I don't actually know who that is You know, I've heard about him right now. You know, Jeff, Pastor Jeff has just spoken about this God that will be with me through this storm. But will be with me through life struggles and and things that may happen. And you say, you know what? I I, I maybe want to give that. Maybe want to give that God a chance. And you know, why not? (laughs) What do you have to lose? There is nothing to lose and everything to gain. And so, if that's you this morning, if you're going, Michael, there's been things in my life that have that have you know come against me. That you know I feel like I've been attacked or feel like whatever. These storms that have just caused me to just go away. God has come to me all who are weary oh come on come to me all who are weary and I will give you strength if that is you this morning there's this one simple thing I just want you to do just raise your hand real quick I'll count to three and just raise your hand real quick I'll see it and you will receive yep I see that hand awesome one two three in the name of Jesus I see that hand awesome awesome I see that hand thank you Jesus Just one more time as I look around. Don't want to miss anyone out. Awesome, then we're going to pray. And it's a simple prayer, but it's something to just receive Jesus into your heart and say, God, I make you my Lord and Saviour. Church, why don't we all join in in this prayer? So repeat after me. Father God, I receive you into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. The old is gone. The new has come. I have decided to follow you for the rest of my life. Come and renew me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we lift up a voice and thank you, Jesus. You've just literally made the best decision of your life. The best decision that you'll ever make. I just really feel to say that, you know, I really feel like people needed strength this morning as well. And so, if that's you as well, so church, why don't we stand for a second? We're gonna come back into this song. Um, but if you re- if you really need that, you're going, man, Michael, I really need strength this morning. There's been so many things that you know have, have come against me. There's so many storms, and I feel weary. I feel like I'm. I feel like the weight of this world is covered covered me. And say, God, come. God God's saying, Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you strength. I will renew what was lost. I will give you strength. I will give you more than enough. He is more than enough for our season. He's more than enough for the storm that you're going through. This storm will not overtake you, but through this storm, God will work something new. God will bring something out. People that require healing in this season, I receive it right now. Receive it right now. We're going back into this bridge, but receive it. As we as we start to sing and worship, receive it in Jesus' name. I'll go one more thing before we go back there's people that um, raise their hand or maybe you didn't raise your hand this morning to receive Jesus, there's this number that will come up um, and we've been doing this for a couple years in Metro Church and it's, again, such a simple thing but it's so phenomenal in its reach and everything so there's this, there's this number and all you have to do is text yes uh, and it's the number is 0488-826-392 I'll say that one more time, 488 Uh, And if you're not in Australia, if you're watching with us online, thank you for joining us. Uh, But you could do this as well online. So uh, you could email us at yes.metrochurch.org.au. Again, same sort of thing. All you have to do is text yes or, uh, you know, type in yes into that box if you're doing it via email. And what you'll get is a message the next morning uh, on your phone, just a simple scripture and something for you to get started on this journey with God. Again, you can opt out anytime you want. Um, and anything like that. So you won't, you know, spread your details or anything like that. But you, it's a simple journey that you can start. So that number up there at the moment, text yes to 0488-826-392. Uh, And then we'll get started on the journey. But why don't we just begin to worship? Why don't we begin to pray? Why don't we begin to lean in? And again, like I said, if you need that strength this morning, God says, come to me, all who are weary, and you will receive strength. I will give you rest. I will give you a restore, whatever that's going on. So I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're working, God. I still believe you're speaking. Come on, come on. God, I believe your
2: word. All things were good. Who I still I still believe you're moving, I still believe you're speaking, God, I believe you're working, all things for good. my eyes.